This podcast is brought to you by Kingdom at Work. Check out their interactive workshops, events, leadership coaching blog, and more at www.kingdomatwork.com or follow them on all major social media platforms. Kingdomatwork.com. Hey, welcome to I Work For Him this afternoon. We're so grateful that you're listening. However you're hearing us today, just know that we've prayed for you ahead of time that something we say today on this show will cause you to dig deeper, deeper into connecting your faith and your work, deeper into realizing and recognizing that your workplace, it's your mission field. And in that mission field, you and me, we may be the only Jesus our coworkers, our employees may ever meet. That job that you hold, the people that you work with, none of that is by chance. The people that you work with, they need to meet Jesus and you may be their only chance. I just invite you to check us out online, iworkforhim.com. That's iwork, the number four, him.com. Out there, you could find out how to listen to us so many different ways, whether it's by podcast or streaming or live on the radio all over Tampa Bay from south of Ocala to north of Fort Myers, all the way over to Disney and all over the first coast of Jacksonville, St. Augustine and Folkestone, Georgia. And then, of course, on iHeartRadio to every section of our globe. We're so grateful that you tune in. We just pray that on the website, you'll connect up to the I Work For Him Nation. And if you got some feedback for us, we'd love to hear from you on the Contact Us page. Just pop us a note and let us know. Uh, maybe uh, a guest you'd like to hear on the show, or maybe you've had some thoughts on the show that you hear today. Either way, words of affirmation, those are my number one love language, love to hear from you. You know, if I represented a polling company and I was to call you and ask you about the Christ follower's perspective on the state of the nation, you, our listeners, What would you answer? Regardless of the political party that you seem to be associated with, pretty much everyone is dissatisfied with the status quo. There are problems everywhere, and it seems like there are no new solutions or nobody willing to bring forward new solutions. Is it really true there's no solutions? No, it's not. For too many decades, maybe too many centuries, the body of Christ has resisted getting involved in the messy regions of our nation, and we've let the enemy take control over the majority of the messaging and the leadership in almost every pillar of our nation. Today, we're going to talk with Kelly Monroe Kahlberg from the America America Conservancy about the attack on the 10 pillars of our nation and the role that we as Jesus followers can play in taking back these pillars and bringing reformation to the United States of America. Kelly Kohlberg, welcome to I Work For Him. Great to be here, Tim. Thank you. Excited to have you on, and I know that there's so many different things that, that you people can talk with you about on the air, and today we're going to focus on those 10 pillars, but I want to make sure people know that a great place to check you out online, findinggodin.com, findinggodin.com. Kelly, before we get started talking about these 10 pillars and, and really how we can bring as Christ followers reformation in our country, we always ask this question of every first-time guest on the show. How did you become a follower of Jesus? Well, thank you. I um, I grew up in Ohio, and I um, was the daughter of a uh, psychologist. My father um, and mother, I think, grew up Christians, but then were caught up in the um, beginnings, well, early in the 1960s and early 70s of cultural Marxism and uh, the destruction of the family, or what we sometimes call the sexual revolution. Um, and they don't, I don't think these small town kids from originally from Oconomowoc, Wisconsin, knew what hit them. Um, I certainly didn't. And before long, my parents divorced. And um, someone invited me to a passion play down the street, 
and and uh, I said, what's a passion play? And she said, it's about Jesus. And a bunch of high school friends were in the play. And I said, no, thanks. I was very busy. And she said, it runs for 10 straight nights. How busy are you? And, um, and, uh, and so I ended up in the height, kind of up in the balcony for three or four of those nights where no one would see me to ask me what I thought. Um, and it, it just, I fell in love with Jesus. He was the life of the party. And I wanted to know if it was true. And so I began asking hard questions, and there were really substantial answers. Um, and so I started reading C.S. Lewis and, and uh, J- John Stott and uh, Josh McDowell and some of the great apologists of, of our times. And years it came to cry through young life in the church, and years later uh, ended up really in, involved in apologetics. Mm. What a fabulous story. Love the fact that somebody kind of backdoored you by watching the passion play. That's fantastic. Yep, you know, yep. When, when you said Oconomowoc, Wisconsin people, you were saying, you know, most people don't know what it really hit them in, in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. Most people can't say that unless they're from Wisconsin or Minnesota. <laughs> they're like... How did you, I can't, how do you spell that? Every other letter is an O. Yeah, that's right. Yes, it's an, it's amazing thing. So you grew up at Cheesehead and, and there's still counseling available for that. So that's, that's okay. Just so you know. (laughs) I'm still a Packer fan. Ah, well, that's yep. good. I, I am no longer a Vikings fan. So it's, uh, having grown up in Minnesota, it's, it's one of those things where there's just way too much punishment. Okay. So let's not talk about <laughs> football. Let's talk about okay. Jesus. All right. So you, you, I mean, I love the fact that you dug right in and you went, you went hardcore. C.S. Lewis, John Stott. I, I imagine, did you read Lee Strobel's book too when that came out in, you know, the uh, Case for Christ? Cause that was all in that same period of time, the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Yeah, I think his came out maybe 10 years later, but I okay. did. I, because why? And what difference does something make if it's not true? And how, you know, so to me, the questions of, um, truth became very important. And, and you know, I, I ended up, in my mind, I, I mean, I realized at some point that truth is self-revealing. It's not made, truth is not made up. Truth is, um, and I, you know, I looked at kind of five signs, and I'll just list them. The universe itself, why should we even be here? And with so much fine-tuning and complexity, highly improbable that we would be here at all to be asking, why does the universe exist, and is there truth? Uh, Sign number two, the existence of a very unique book, the Bible. Uh, Sign three, the existence of a singularly unique person, Jesus Christ. Uh, Sign four, the moral law that we keep bumping into, whether or not we believe Morality is absolute or relative. We still um, know when someone steals our wallet or hurts our child that something fundamentally wrong has taken place. And number five, joy. Where does joy come come in? And perhaps that's the ultimate test of truth in a in a changed life. Mm. Wow, there's a lot. There's a lot of meat in those five pieces. We're talking today with Kelly Monroe Kohlberg. She is the founder and the president of the America Conservancy. We'd like to draw you out to her website, FindingGodIn.com. FindingGodIn.com. Kelly, at what point in time in your life did you realize that your faith should be intricately connected to your work, no matter what that work was? 
Um, great question. I, I, you know, I really wanted to, I wanted to do something that lasted and, and to, to build a life on a solid foundation. Um, my work was eventually being a chaplain at Harvard University to graduate, to graduate students in 10 different grad schools. And then to, I became a writer and a, uh, video producer and so forth. Um, but I, I have something I want to say, and that that is that Jesus is the hope of the world, and he charges everything else with hope as well. So uh, every culture relies on, on um, you know, people to do the lifting of strong family formation. That's one pillar. Um, of a of a sustainable working economy, that's another pillar of a free press, which you know we barely have anymore. That's another pillar of um, of healthcare and of um, uh, we you know I have ten listed. So unless those pillars are on straw, the strong foundation of truth. And I would say in America, of both biblical truth and constitutional wisdom, um, if, if, then that's how to, to raise the pillars. Uh, we can't do it without the rule of law and without human rights and so forth. And so it, it just seems to me that we're part of our lives are part of a bigger story. Oh, that's you know, so whether true. we're plumbers or grandmothers at home or teachers, or doctors, or nurses, or whatever we're doing, we're part of a bigger story, and that's really advancing God's kingdom of love, of life in the world. And and, and that really is something we're throwing our whole lives into. And when we come back, lots more about those pillars right here in I Work Room as we talk with Kelly Monroe Colberg. Check her out online, findinggodin.com, findinggodin.com. Kelly, before I get back to that website, because i got a question on that, you said something at the end of the last segment. It was just, you know, something you echoed that, that Jesus brings hope to everything. And one of the things we say on this show all the time, Kelly, is that Jesus is the answer to all the questions that people are asking. Yet they refuse to recognize that Jesus might be the possible answer. But that's why it's so important that people meet Jesus through us, because they're not going to go to church to, to meet Jesus. 65 plus percent of the population is not going to go to church. And then there are some churches where they could go and they still might not meet Jesus. So how, how what is finding God in what is that all about? Because that, that's really an intriguing website, and you just threw that one into me this morning. I didn't I hadn't had a chance to check it out. What is Finding God in all about? Well, you know, C.S. Lewis said that he believed in Christianity as he believed in the sun. Not only could he see the sun, but by the light of the sun, he saw all things. He could see all things, all things. So, Finding God in is is um, is. Short, very short video interviews with people from all around the world, and we're just getting started. So I think there are only 30 or so videos up. Uh, it's also our books, Finding God at Harvard, Finding God Beyond Harvard, and uh, some more books coming. But we're really, it's, it's a sense of wonder and exploring um, where God can be seen um, and the brilliance and wisdom of God can be seen in in every sphere of life, in every pillar, so to speak. 
that's well, what that's what we're doing. One of the things I was attracted to Jesus um, about in that passion play when I was fifteen was he he struck me as the smartest guy in the room all the time, and and it was just fascinating to hear him teach, but also ask questions and how he can kind of interacted with people so brilliantly, and we often don't think of him as the smartest person on every subject, but he, he was. I mean, if he's who he claimed to be, God, and here we are talking about him 2,000 years later. Right. Um, so I was at Harvard in the 90s and um, realized that Harvard was originally founded in Christi Glorium, for Christ's glory. Later, Veritas, truth in Christ and the Church. And so this was struck me as very ironic that there, there were undergraduates—I was a grad student at the time—there were undergraduates who said, we can't ask our real questions in the classrooms themselves. We're here at a school dedicated to truth, and we're not allowed to talk right. about what we're really thinking about. Well, there's um, so many, Kelly, there's so many people out there, and I'm going to interrupt you for just a second because sure. not everybody gets to go to, to Harvard, but there's so many, everybody out there listening and everybody that they're listening, uh, that we walk around every day. I mean, there's 330 plus million people in this country, and that's and there's 7.2 or 3 billion people on this planet, and everybody's asking those questions. You you mentioned at the beginning of the show that there's there's five uh, real truths that that people have to work through, you know, the the, the truth of the universe and its extraordinary organization and the ma- the vastness of it, the the unusualness of the Bible, the the uniqueness of Jesus, the moral law that follows us everywhere. Which is, in fact, what I loved is that you mentioned fake news earlier. That during the whole um, Supreme Court hearings, they were on one side of the moral law saying, nope, he doesn't deserve, he, he doesn't deserve uh, 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 for the case to be heard, he's been accused, he's guilty. Mm. And then one of those people that were saying that exact same thing then got arrested and they said, oh, well, I got to have uh, due process. I got to, I mean, so it's, so the moral law, everybody, mm. when, when they get offended, that moral law comes out because we all have justice imbued into our souls. God put it there. And then, of course, the source of joy, because so true, true joy. Mm-hmm. So what I love is what you're, what you're chasing down. And I'm sorry to interrupt you. Now. I just went on a banter and a, and a, on a soapbox. Please, no. but, <laughs> but it's, but it's I, so, I listening to you, Jim. <laughs> it's so true that everybody that's out there, all of the human beings on the planet, they are in search of truth. They're in search of meaning, and they want to know the answers. Well, it was it was so interesting, and I and I I realized at Harvard that, and by the way, there our books are Finding God at Harvard, and which is still in print after twenty five years, and um, Finding God Beyond Harvard: The Quest for Veritas, which is my story, and I it tells the story of a kind of younger woman, me. Um, Grappling, what do I do in this powerful institution as a Midwestern evangelical in a place where they're afraid to have actual conversations about the big questions if, if you're going to introduce the very person for whom Harvard was founded, Jesus Christ? It was, it was a fascinating challenge now that I look back. But what I ended up doing was creating a a forum called the Veritas Forum um, at the law school. And it was a three-day weekend. 
Uh, we invited kids up from Yale for the, they were there for the football game. I invited a, at the time, really unknown speaker named Robbie Zacharias, um, who's now a very well-known apologist. And we, I said, Robbie, I, I, you know, I'm hoping a hundred people come. We worked hard to get Christian groups to, to, become what I said, a symphonic witness to actually come together from mm. the law school, the business school, the undergraduate college, you know, the design school, the education school, and so forth, and function collaboratively together as a, a light so lovely in the middle of Harvard that others would be drawn in. And finally, that happened. This is 1992. Um, Ravi and I walked into the Ames courtroom at Harvard Law School. And there, standing in the windowsill, sitting in the aisles, were 700 students for the first night of the first Veritas Forum uh, 26 years ago. Wow. I, then, I then spent a decade on hitching rides on a friend's cargo plane um, network called AirNet. And these were traveling with biohazard boxes to many, many cities. And I could go, <laughs> I could go for free in the jump seat if there was a seat open and um, ended up helping schools around the country. And I did this on and off for 10 years. Um, Veritas is now in 200 universities uh, in, in about 15 countries. So, th so this let's... was sort of my life's work. And, and it's, it's been a very wonderful journey well what i love the fact is you know you said okay they that at harvard people weren't even allowed to ask the question because there's so many people listening today they're like i'm afraid to ask a question you know anywhere in public today but at harvard where it was founded on jesus they were afraid to even have that conversation because of the risk of offending somebody or whatever it may be some big donor were you ever able to have that conversation as you drew together all of the people serving Jesus on that campus, which I love it. You use the word symphonic. I tried to read my writing. Symphonic witness. witness. There is. I couldn't read my writing. That's terrible. Um, but were you able to succeed in saying, hey, why won't you let us talk about this guy and this truth the very one that the founders of Harvard said he was so important we should found it based on his name. What are you afraid of? Were you able to have that question? Yeah, we we did. I mean, sure, you could talk about Jacques Derrida and Karl Marx and on and on, but what about Jesus? And so here are some of the questions that came up, Jim, on that first night and, and often are repeated at other Veritas forums. Um, how would I know truth if I saw truth? I'm going to be tempted to respond to each one, but I'm going to be good at not responding. <laughs> okay, good. All right. uh, if God is love, why do we suffer? What of the problem of, ev of evil? Questions about race and gender and justice. Questions about the body and relationships. Uh, are faith and science compatible? Why, wow. Why be, I'd love to do a whole show on that one. I'd like to get some scientists to get together and do our faith and science compatible because, boy, that's what people I'd, want to hear about. Yeah, I'd, definitely. So I'd love to re read a paragraph about that. <laughs> All right. So we've got a minute oh, left if I in can. a second. Questions we, like that. Why does beauty mean something? 
Mm. What does it mean to be human and so forth? It was a wonderful weekend, and we've had many since then. Mm. We've got less than a minute left now in this segment, and I want to make sure people know why we're going down this direction, because it's so important that we know how to defend the truth, even though Jesus doesn't need defending, but we need to know how to defend our faith in the truth, Jesus. And we need to know how to use that truth to impact our nation, which is these 10 pillars, this, the roots of the biblical and constitutional wisdom, as you put in the, um, the pillars of a nation, these 10 pillars, education, economy, free press, family, uh, religious liberty, law and government, security, healthcare, arts and media, and science and technology. How do we infiltrate those pillars of our nation with Christ? That's what we're going to talk about when we come back as we talk with Kelly Monroe Kohlberg. She is the founder and president of so many different things, but involved in AmericaConservancy.org, but really would love for us all to go out to the website, FindingGodIn.com, FindingGodIn.com. Where can you find God? You can find him in everything. Just go out to the website, FindingGodIn.com. In fact, yesterday they landed another uh, plant, something on the planet Mars. And they're trying to figure out, okay, is there water on Mars? Kelly, as we look at the, why is it that man is constantly searching? This is totally off subject, but I just was reminded that they, they, they sent seven months ago, they sent a, uh, a, a Mars rover uh, to go to Mars, a 300 million mile trip, which would be impossible if everything wasn't perfectly organized and perfectly timed because God made it all predictable with math. They landed it on the planet Mars and they're looking for water. Why does man care? Why do you think man really cares about that? We're made in God's image to, to seek meaning and to to be creative and creators. We seek patterns. We want to connect the dots. Um, we, we're, we're different than the animals. We have souls. We have minds, wills, emotions. Um, we have memories. We have imaginations. It's because we're made in the image of God. Um, and we're made to, to create and to advance the kingdom of God, <laughs> whether we know it or not. It's like the moral law. Whether you believe it or not, you sure feel it. So it's just it's our nature. It's, it's always great in that moral law comment, because we've had some apologists on the show before, um, from some from uh, some college-focused apologetics courses. And, and the moral law, so many people are like, ah, there's, there's no, it, it, there's, you know, morality, it's, it's subjective. Yet when somebody's family member is killed or wronged in some way, they immediately go, that's wrong. That shouldn't happen. You're like, wait a minute, but you said nothing's that there's no absolute truth. And it's amazing how the moral law pours out of people when they themselves have been wrong. Okay. But that's off subject. Kelly, as you, I want to talk about the 10 pillars of this nation and, and, and people, some people say it's the, you know, it's the, the, the seven pillars, the 10 pillars, it doesn't really matter. But what, what has happened is that because Christ followers and the Four Walls Church in this country has really stepped out of the messiness of the country. That stepped out of politics, stepped out of edu- public education, stepped out of um, so many different med- or healthcare, stepped out of so many different sectors of our uh, of the economy of the workings of our nation that we have turned over control to people who don't love Jesus. Yet, as you believe and I believe in the scriptures, that their reformation is possible in this country if Christ followers learn how to step into those positions, recognizing their call to those different workplaces. Whether you mentioned in your one of your articles 
the pillars of the nation. So education, so that would be lower education, higher education, economy, which could be so many different things, certainly finance, free press. Oh, my goodness, we need some free press around here. Family, religious liberty, religion and liberty, religious liberty, law and government, security, health care, uh, and security, that would be, that's military. Is that what you mean by security in there? National security, National which security. includes military, okay. but it's okay. actually bigger. Yeah, okay. control of uh, borders and, and uh, so forth. Uh, and then healthcare, arts and media. Some people will say arts and entertainment and then science and technology. Kelly, why is it so important that Christ followers recognize their call to the marketplace, recognize their call to these parts of our nation? Why is it so important that they rise up in leadership there? Because biblical truth is the highest love for human beings. And whenever we leave a vacuum in any sphere of culture, something less than the goodness and love of God is going to fill it. So we do it because of love. And we need to take the word love back. Love is not tolerating intolerance. Love is not being passive and allowing something less than um, take the lead. Love is self-sacrificing. Love serves others. Love is willing to um, run for a school board, run for dog catcher, run for president. Love leads. Love leads. We don't have the luxury of leaving a um, broken world to our children and their children. It's um, love is not weak. Love is strong. Love leads. So how do we best love Americans and strengthen, strengthen our nation that we are going to leave to our children and our grandchildren. I don't know if you have grandkids yet, but with this, this nation that we're going to leave to our children, how do we best love Americans into this reformation of our country, which was founded on as much as the press and everybody else and education would like to ignore that it was founded on biblical and Judeo-Christian values. It was founded on scripture. <sighs> Unbelievable. But anyway, how do we, how do we bring it back? How do, how do we love Americans who seem at times to be extraordinarily unlovable? I think it really helps to, um, speak the truth in love and to find ways to articulate the truth of God, God's word that, um, whether it's popular or not. So biblical wisdom is the, is the best wisdom to, to, for understanding human nature, uh, for example, and the economy, um, one of our projects is Christians for a Sustainable Economy, caseforamerica.org. We build coalitions and projects in each of these 10 pillars. We also help kind of connect people in the pillars already doing good work. So I see myself as kind of a connector. And, um, and we also do messaging on social media and radio and so forth in each of these pillars. Biblical constitutional wisdom, you know, it's like uh, connecting a tree to its roots, and it's going to bear fruit. And so once we connect each of these pillars to biblical and constitutional wisdom again, they naturally bear fruit. The problem is 
that some very bad forces are laying an axe to the roots of each of these trees or each of these pillars. We need to expose that and engage that and reconnect to our scripture and constitution again in the okay, family. So, so, so hang on there, because I don't want to go too far without addressing sure. some things. You're saying they're laying an axe, but here's, here's the, the good news. We read it in the scriptures all the time. Uh, the our heavenly father is greater than any force of evil here on Amen. this planet. Yep. But a lot of times we have to recognize that we have to actually say, Oh wow. Okay. Well, God's bigger than that person. I mean, you know, a lot of times we're intimidated by the forces of evil. They seem, I, I think one of the things that they have it as an advantage over us is what you were able to accomplish at Harvard in that symf- symphony of, of ministries coming together to working together together. Yep. That's what the evil people have done. They have gotten yes. this whole symphony of evil together and say, hey, we're going to be organized and we're going to take this country and we're going to do whatever we want to do. But as Christ followers, we could do the same thing, but it's going to take this. It's going to take a, everybody with their voice working together to sing in unison within the body of Christ to actually get this accomplished. What is that going to look like? Because we've got we've it, we've got an uphill battle on it and it appears that the other side has a lot more money, but this isn't about money or politics. This is about truth and the truth, the truth that benefits you and me will benefit our non Christ following brothers and sisters in this country, whether they believe in Jesus or not, the truth still benefits them. So how do we bring this truth back into the marketplace? You know, honestly, Jim, I, I know there are a lot of, a lot of us out there kind of doing our best to um, thrive in our, in our zone and where so i know a lot about how the other side works and it is true that we are vastly outspent that if you don't mind me saying the george soros alliance is hugely funding um organizations that swarm on situations they subsidize the media to create new narratives and so forth and our side is sort of struggling you know, in a not a competition mode, but we're not super funded. We have maybe one tenth or less of the funding, and it is a problem. Well, but wait, uh, wait, but wait a minute, but wait a minute. The Roman Empire, the, let's talk about the early church. Um, they didn't have billions of dollars in the early church, yet the early church overturned the Roman Empire and basically took over the Roman Empire without a sword ever being drawn. So, and they did it, they did it through love. They did it through their, their very, their very being in their positions, whether they were in politics, whether they were in the forum, whether they were in a workplace or medical or whether they were slaves, their love for people, unconditional transformed the Roman empire. So with money's not an issue here. I agree. I completely agree with you. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, but it took 400 years for the Roman Empire to be, and there were a lot of Christians martyred and killed, and a lot of damage was done. So, yes, the long term is not in question. Um, uh, I'm saying we're, the church is being mocked by by people who are opposing the church in the way they collaborate and swarm. They're actually, it's an, in, it's an actual growth industry of, I call it the grievance and anarchy industry that becomes the Kavanaugh assault, that okay, becomes but, Ferguson, that, that becomes the caravan. 
Okay, so how do we turn this, though? we we got to talk about the how. Okay, how do Jesus, we as Christ Jesus follow? Not be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. So if we don't understand what the what our his enemy is doing, we're just being foolish. But do we have to, um, and I, I mentioned gotta, we, funding just, only because it's one of the gifts people can give. You know, okay. support missionaries, support local marketplace ministries, support um, not just charities, su- support people doing going maybe to grad school in economics or or in science or in law. Do everything you can. Take the long term view to grow expertise and godly excellence in the Ten Pillars of Culture, because I promise you that the Marxists and the Islamists, who are together in alliance, take the long-term view. They have done a long march through every institution, and that's what's undermining the pillars. We need to do the same thing. Okay, when we come back, I want to talk about what's going on in Africa, because I've been hearing about that, because they're taking back the pillars of their nations individually, one by one, by training up leaders and leading and, and equipping them today for 10 and 20 years from now. You're listening to I Work For Him as we talk with Kelly Monroe Kohlberg. Check her out online, lots of different places. Love for you to check out different websites, americaconservancy.org, americaconservancy.org, and then findinggodin.com, findinggodin.com. And then another interesting website, love for you to check out American, is it America Evangelicals or American? American with an N. AmericanEvangelicals.com, right? Okay. Different websites, lots of different topics, but all about the fact that you and me as as Christ followers in this country, we've got a specific calling on our lives. Some of you are teachers. Some of you are law enforcement. Some of you work in healthcare. Some of you are uh, equipped to work with your hands. So you're in the trades of whatever that may be. Maybe you're in sales of some sort in, in one of those places. Maybe you're a pulpit pastor. Maybe you're a foreign missionary, whatever it may look like. You've got a call on your life in that position do you realize that God has called you to be a major person of influence? And some people are being called to be big influencers, but most of us, if not almost all of us, serious Jesus followers have run away from the messy parts of our country, the parts where people will criticize us, will challenge us in our faith. So we've walked, we've run away from, from public education, not told, not totally. We've, inter- we've interviewed some phenomenal teachers and superintendents, but politics not exclusively. We've interviewed some incredible politicians. But as Christ followers, we've got these pillars of our country that are crumbling because they're being attacked. Kelly Monroe Kohlberg, how do we, with the call in our lives, how do we take back these pillars one at a time? What's it look like? Yeah, well, I think this we're talking about how to be the uh, a muscular, if you will, body of Christ in a, a time of great need. Um, and when other people are being aggressive, how would we um, really abide in Christ in such a way that we would have the sustainable strength and joy as we go forward? And it's very important. So in education, for example, um, our, you know, we, families have to take responsibility for children, grandchildren. Are they learning the Bible? Are they learning the U.S. Constitution? It's amazing. We've all seen how few people even know what three branches of government are and so forth. Are our parents taking responsibility for their child's education? Uh, the great books 
are not hard to find. Let's start reading again. Uh, let's do homeschooling. Let's do classical Christian schooling and so forth. Um, the economy, are we listening only to the left to show Jesus was a socialist? Well, no, he wasn't a socialist. He made people with souls to create as well as consume. Um, we a higher view of humanity w- w- leads people to want to work, to contribute, to have a call, higher calling. Let's encourage that in one another in the economy. A free press. Are we telling the truth? Use social media. Go to um, American Association of Evangelicals on Facebook and share the content from there, for example. Uh, use your own voice. Break up the propaganda industry is what, what it is. Um, the family, do we understand the value, the values of, of deep agape commitment to the family? Um, and I think most people listening to the show do. Um, but, you know, let's continue to grow the pillar of the family. Religious liberty is under attack. Uh, follow the work of First Liberty and ADF and so forth. I could go on. National security. Jim, we're told every day that I just publicly challenged John Kasich in Ohio, Governor Kasich, who said the Lord wants illegal immigration, essentially, uh, the open borders and the caravans. Challenge biblical illiteracy like that of John Kasich, who might mean well, but he doesn't probably know his Bible. What we see in Scripture is not open borders, but wise welcome. Wise welcome. Go to our website on that pillar, Evangelicals for Biblical Immigration, and you'll see principles of wise welcome. We have embracing Ruth and Rahab, who come as blessings. That actually means converts in Hebrew, the ger. And we have Nehemiah building walls. They're both in the Bible. Uh, we're not to embrace people who come unlawfully, not as a blessing. We're to embrace uh, those who come as a, a blessing and lawfully. And those who are applying lawfully are often at the end of the line because the courts are jammed. Um, so we need to become apologists. We need to think of the whole counsel of Scripture, which we do at these Finding God in and American Evangelicals. We're learning. We're really reading. Don't cherry pick Bible verses. Think of the whole counsel of Scripture. It's that wisdom on which we could again rebuild America. Well, and I, I think you you you've you've said so many great things. And, and one of the things I said, you know, people say, "Well, Jesus was a socialist." Mm, no, and, and no. I totally agree with you. But what people don't understand is that is if the church did what the church was supposed to be doing, there would be no call for socialism. Because what's happened is that as Christ followers, we started to get very comfortable with the idea that what we've been given is all for us. Instead of recognizing what we've been given is to is to bless us, but those around us as well. And that we need to understand that God doesn't bless us to increase our status of living, but to increase our status of giving. And, and so many of so much of that, if as Christ followers, we and the church were as generous as we were called to be generous in the scriptures, 
there wouldn't be a call for socialism and there wouldn't be many of the issues we have in this country. The poverty issues, the unemployment issues, the, the broken family issues. If the church did the things that we were called to do, if the church did the things that happened in the early church that took over the Roman empire, because they brought all of these things in generosity imploded the Roman empire because the Roman empire was built on bribes and built on uh, harassment and built on intimidation and the Christians just didn't respond to it. So, Kelly, as you look at the solution for our country, we've got Christ followers out there listening today that, like I said, they're teachers, they're healthcare workers, they're working in the government, they're, they're, they're working in uh, you know, the car industry, they're working in the science industry, they're working in technology, they're, they're working in the trades, they're building homes, they're building buildings, they're, they're, maybe they're landscapers, maybe they're farmers, whatever it may be, no matter what they do, they can have a really positive influence on our country Talk to us about where can they That's get right. involved? Where can they get involved? Where can they go to get trained on how to be an influencer in their pillar that God has placed them in? Well, first I want to say you, that none of us has just a job. We have a mm. calling. We have a vocation. You know, see the bigger picture. If you're laying bricks, you're you're laying a you're creating a a building, a, a space to protect people and provide for people. You're if you're a, 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 you know, a farmer or a, a trucker, you're allowing people to continue their lives by eating. I mean, everything is, uh, God, God God puts the pieces together. And I think when we do our work as unto the Lord, um, we begin to see that, that, that the work is meaningful. And that might encourage us to be able to uh, do better work and to uh, to grow in our callings as well. Um, folks, you know, one start would be our, our new project, AmericaConservancy.org, um, and that is the 10 pillars. You'll see there's a beautiful short video there that is a girl walking through a forest, like, like pillars uh, rising, these trees are rising and bearing fruit. And I think when we begin to really put the pieces together here, and Jim, maybe you'll help me this winter. I'll be down near you, and uh, we can get together and really talk about what kinds of plans are possible and what's, what's beginning to unfold. Some people call this seven mountains. Some people say ten pillars. It doesn't matter. It's the idea of the church becoming a symphonic witness, again, uh, really leading, building in the ruins, uh, being a light uh, together where in a, in a time where people are really hurting again. Well, and it's so true that people are hurting and they're looking for truth. And, and, and I think that what I've seen as Martha and I have traveled across the country, uh, and I'm sorry that you don't get the meter today, is that we have seen that, that God is raising up people in, in uh, professions all over the country, no matter what it is, and, and re- helping people recognize that their work really is their calling. It really is mm-hmm. their vocation, and they really are called to minister where they're at. So God's already changing through the power of the Holy Spirit. He's already shifting the conversation, and and I think we can see also, even despite the the just the rhetoric that goes on in our country, that God is causing people to seek truth because they're tired of the anger. Yeah. And but they don't know where the solution is, but they're tired of the anger. So Kelly Monroe Kulberg, I'd love and welcome that conversation down here in Florida sometime this winter. And we do thank you so much for being on the air with us today on I Work for Him. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you so much. God bless. 
Please check out Kelly online, America Conservancy, conservancy.org, findinggodin.com, and americanevangelicals.com. Just some great places for you to go and get some great information. FindingGodIn.com, FindingGodIn.com, and also look up the Veritas Forum. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. My workplace, it's my mission field, but ultimately, I work for him. 